It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SP Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We are going to talk today about the Milwaukee Bucks. No, we're not. Uh, although the Milwaukee Bucks did advance in five games over the Boston Celtics, and that's really exciting. So you should be checking out Locked On Bucks, Locked On NBA. Uh, this is a great season if you're not heavy into the Bucks. If you have been a little bit reticent to get into basketball it is a great time to be a Bucks fan it's a great time to be following the NBA we could be watching the end of one dynasty in the Golden State Warriors and maybe who knows Giannis is incredibly young this could be the start of another one and you want to get in early uh, and and especially if you're a Wisconsin sports fan you have a built-in excuse we're going to talk about the current Packers team a little bit later and, and use uh, some comments that, that Aaron Rodgers made about this offense and the big plays in it uh, a little bit later. I want to start with what I think is sad news, and that is that Ted Thompson announced that he has been diagnosed with an autonomic disorder. Uh, that is a nerve disorder, and it, it can manifest itself in a number of different ways I don't want to speculate in the number of ways that has manifested in Ted Thompson because we don't know. And that is the thing that I want to stress about this. We don't know. It was really easy. And a lot of Packer fans did it. Oh, well, now we know why Ted Thompson fell off. Oh, now we know what happened. Oh, now we understand. Oh, Mark Murphy should have seen this, and he should have made a change sooner. Why? Why? Why do we know that? Why is that for sure? What evidence is there of that? Just because Thompson was eventually sick enough, and what we found out was in 2017, he and Mark Murphy had a discussion, and they decided that he was going to no longer be the GM. He subsequently had you know, a, a number of of tests done, this was the diagnosis, he had multiple opinions, and they decided this was what was gonna happen. We don't know 
how or if this affected the quality of his work. We know uh, it did affect his work in some ways. He he traveled less. Uh, you know, physically, you're just you're you're not the same. We don't know if if it affected the quality of the scouting, the decision making, any of those things. We don't know how the process changed, if at all. And those are questions worth asking, and we should be asking them, and we should be wondering: Should the Packers have known about this sooner? Should the Packers have taken action on this sooner? How did they know? When did they know? And how did this manifest itself? And it, it does strike me as a little ghoulish, a little macabre, that this is a conversation we have to have about someone who, who is going through a, a really difficult time, who is dealing with a debilitating disorder. We don't know the ways that it has manifested itself. And this really feels like an excuse for everyone to go through their own you know, body language doctor and they, they to get out their stethoscope and say, I'm a doctor and I know this and look it, look it. I mean, we've been doing this for a couple years now with these Ted Thompson, you know, press conferences and videos and hey, look, doesn't he just look rough? This is, you know, he, he's clearly not all there mentally. Like, you, how, how dare you? Seriously, how dare you? You have no idea what's going on. None. None. I mean, I don't even think we could get an honest assessment from Ted himself about when this affected his life and when it, it, when it affected his work. But I also want to say this. Everyone who works while sick is trusted by the people who employ them to be the best arbiter of their own capabilities. So you come into work with a cold or you don't come into work because you, you're sick, your boss trusts you to make that decision. There are people who work through morning sickness, who work through cancer treatments, who work through Parkinson's and early stages of Alzheimer's and cerebral palsy and and a plethora of, of debilitating physical and mental diseases. They continue to work. And at a certain point, you decide you can't do it anymore. You need a break. You need to retire, whatever it is. But it is your call to make in conjunction with your employer. We trust people we hire to do that. So why shouldn't we trust the Packers to have made that decision. And why why can't we assume that the, the decision was made when Ted Thompson and the team realized that the condition had progressed to the point where he could no longer perform the functions at a level that they feel is acceptable. It is not the case that we know that he could no longer perform any of the functions at a zero level. We don't know that. We don't know that it was so bad that that he couldn't do anything. We don't know that just because he wanted to step down or the team and he agreed that that was the best course of action doesn't mean that suddenly, you know, he needs help being fed at night. And this is the, this is the perspective that I hear from so many people out there. They act like he is now some invalid. We don't know that. We don't know that. And for, for people to make assumptions about that is disgusting to me. It's gross. Imagine if 
other people were speculating about your physical and mental health based on, you know, whatever. Just just think about that. Think about the people in your life that have gone through illness, that have had complications to their physical and mental well-being. How would you feel if jokes were being made? If poor decisions were being justified because you're sick? Or because people think you're sick? Or your mom or your dad or your partner? Just, I, I want you to think about these things before you tweet them. Before you fire off that fire tweet. Before you hit that, that send button on the joke that you think is so funny. I want you to think for a second about what those words are about. Because they're about a person. A human person. And we're talking about a human person who all he has done in his life has dedicated it to football and has dedicated it to the Packers in large measure. And you're going to make jokes about it? Don't. Just don't. Don't do it. We don't know that Mark Murphy should have taken action before action was ultimately taken. We don't know that this illness materially affected the quality of the decisions being made by the Packers front office. Now, none of that is to say, and I wrote about this yesterday uh, at Acme Packing Company, it is reasonable to ask questions. If he's doing less, who was doing more? At what point did this become something that the team was aware of? What changes were made? Do you think things fell through the cracks? These are questions that, especially a, a team that is owned by the public, they have to be willing to answer. But again, we don't go back and look. All right, we've been we've been asking these questions for a little while, and you can go back and and you know the 2015 draft. You say, well, that was that was a, a miss. He must have been sick. Why? Because things went pretty well in 2016. They had an aggressive free agency. They had a good draft. 2017, another aggressive free agency. They got some good players in the draft. And that was the year he ultimately made the decision with Mark Murphy that it was it was time to go. So why would it be the case that things were so bad that it caused him to have this this anomalously bad draft in 2015, but then 2016 and 2017 are fine. Now it's worth wondering if, if what happened was more responsibility was unloaded onto Brian Gutekinst and Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith and all of these other high level front office people. And that ultimately the 2016 and 2017 uh, free agent periods and, and drafts were a reflection of Brian Gutekinst taking more control because they more closely mirror what we've seen from him over the last two off seasons. I think that's a question worth asking. There are plenty of questions here that are worth asking questions, wondering curiosities. That's not the same as making assumptions. That's not the same as speaking and saying, well, he was sick at this point, and so he must have been sick at this other point, and therefore that led to bad decision-making. We don't know that. I mean, it's just, it's so incredible to me that in order for people to say, look, see, I was right, he's a bad GM, we, we grasp onto this thing and say, well, see, look, he was sick, so all of the criticisms that I had 
are valid because he couldn't have possibly just been doing his job. I mean, this is like the worst kind of concern troll. What you really want to say is, I thought Ted Thompson was a bad GM or that Ted Thompson struggled at the end of the, his, his tenure. And we can make those arguments. We can have those conversations. But unless and until there is evidence that his health affected those decisions, that the, that the process was affected by his health, I can't blame it. I can't. I mean, that's not how this works. It's not, we'll throw out a take and, and unless they can refute that that's what happened, then, then I, I'm right. That's not how this works. I think you can make some, some informed choices about what you think happened and, and how you think things played out. There is some information here, but it's hard for me to look at what happened in 2016 and 2017 and, and compare it to what happened in 2015 and say, well, Green Bay should have acted sooner. They should have known. And, and clearly, this was, this was affecting him. Well, why is that clear? Aaron Jones is really good. Kenny Clark is really good. Jamal Williams is really good. You know, Jared Cook really helped this team. Martellus Bennett was a swing worth taking. Ricky Jean Francois made this team better. Quentin Dial gave this team good snaps. I mean, go down the list. There were some mistakes. There are mistakes made in, in every field and in every front office. Ted Thompson, even before these questions came up, was not a perfect GM. And, and the example I've been using is John Schneider. Look at Seattle. In, early in John Schneider's tenure, he could not miss. I mean, all pro, future Hall of Fame drafts. And the last few years, hasn't been able to make it happen. Look at John Elway. Early in his tenure, home runs. And then the last few years, he hasn't even been hitting at the Mendoza line. These things happen. So where do we separate natural variance from, oh, well, he was sick? How do we know? How do we know? Where is the evidence? If the only evidence is at some point in the future after he was sick enough to have to retire, basically, or step down or, or step away, then that's not compelling evidence to me. It's just not. Because we don't know. These things can, can develop and they can roll downhill at, at rates that are incredible. And so you can go from being totally fine to two, three months later in rough shape. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And to speculate with authority, to speculate recklessly, like there is, like you're, you're being proven right, it's gross. It really is gross. I mean, I was grossed out by my Twitter timeline and, and people that I, that I thought knew better, frankly. And some people, unfortunately, that I knew just wouldn't. And, and, you know, maybe you know who you are, maybe you don't. Again, there are questions worth asking. And there are criticisms worth leveling against Ted Thompson about the way that he's managed this franchise. But unless and until there can be some evidence provided to suggest that these are related things, I just, I don't, I don't buy it. Because this front office, I mean, I think the more compelling evidence is this has been the best run front office for, you know, a decade plus. And all it has done is churn out other really great front office people. This front office has created John Schneider and John Dorsey 
and Reggie McKenzie and and Green Bay East. This this front office was so successful. Cleveland basically recreated it in full. And we think that suddenly all of that just fell apart. Why isn't it more compelling to believe in the institutional success and say, look, the the failures are the failures for the same reasons as successes are the successes. The process is not perfect. And mistakes are made and bets are made and gambles are made and, and some of them work and some of them don't. But the institutional process in the Packers front office is essentially beyond reproach at this point the success that they've had. So why do we think there was suddenly a breakdown there? And and why is it the case that Ted Thompson hasn't earned the right to say, I can keep doing this job, even if he is not the same Ted Thompson that he was in terms of he's not, he's not maybe grinding tape at the same rate. He's not going to all these pro days. He's not going on as many interviews and, and not traveling as much. This, this is something that happens in all walks of life. Someone reaches a position of power and they get to a certain age where they don't want to do the thing as much as they did when they were younger. That's life. That happens. You trust Brian Gutekunst and Elliot Wolf and all of the, the guys in the front office. And the reason you bring in Milt Hendrickson is Ted Thompson clearly is just, he's not, he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's not up for it physically, mentally, whatever it is. And, and again, we don't know. We don't know the ways in which this disease has manifested itself in his body. So saying, oh, look at him on video. He's not all there. Well, number one, this, this kind of disorder makes it involuntary in a lot of ways. You don't have full control over the way that you look and sound and act and feel. But more to the point, you know, I, I, I don't think that, that we can suggest or that there's a ton of evidence to suggest that the process broke down here. I think the better case is to look at the years of process-driven success that has gone on in this Packers front office with Ted Thompson and say any failures were the result of relatively normal process in Green Bay. And if there, if there were any issues, there are enough capable people around Thompson whether it's Russ Ball or Mark Murphy or any of those people to say, you know, what's going on? What's the deal? And, and to make changes if necessary. And ultimately a change was made. So again, I, I don't, we just don't have the evidence to suggest that the Packers were slow to react to these things. We don't have the evidence to suggest that Ted Thompson's health contributed to whatever perceived failings that, that he has. So we're left with questions. Valid questions about how things were different, how things changed, how long has this been going on? Did it did it mean less time doing this? Did it mean less time doing that? Did it mean more responsibility for these people and, and this person? Those are questions that we, we need to ask because they do matter. And maybe they get us closer to determining the, the truth about whether the process in the front office broke down. How essential was Thompson to the process? How essential was Thompson to the success of that process? These are, these are questions that we should probably be asking even absent the news about his health. You don't have to be right. You don't have to have a take. You don't have to make a joke. Because sometimes the smartest thing you can do is say, I don't know. I don't have the answer. 
And actually, what we need to do is be asking questions, not be offering answers, especially when we're offering answers absent evidence. So rather than fire off a jokey tweet, a snarky tweet, or leave that Facebook comment, or call into that radio show, ask yourself a question about whether whatever you're going to say really needs to be said. What is it really contributing? And, and, and I don't mean to, to scold every fan. This is not everyone. And I like to think that, that the listeners of this show are better than that, and I think most of them are. It's only a couple people. And I don't even know that the people that I saw in my mentions and, and some of the people in my timeline are listeners to this show. I don't, I don't, unfortunately, know all of you personally. That's part of the fun. And a lot of people are doing it the right way and having these discussions in a respectful way. If you see someone not doing it that way, say something. If you see something, say something. That's the, the New York subway motto. We have to be better with this discourse. And the, the jokes and the assumptions, just in an effort to be right with a take that you had, it just, it strikes me as gross. And there's just, there, nothing is going to change my mind on that. It's gross. And I'm sorry for the long rant, but it just, it is what it is. It has to be said. We had to talk about it. And, you know, I, I don't have anything else to say about it. I hope we don't have to have these kinds of conversations again. And that doesn't mean we won't. We will if we have to. Uh, I, I wish Ted Thompson the best for his family and, and, you know, all of the the recovery that he's going to have to go through if there is recovery. And that's, that is the concern now. He's no longer the GM of the Packers. The thing that matters for the Packers now in terms of their front office is what Brian Gutekinds does. And in terms of Packer Nation, the things that, you know, we have to hope for now is that, you know, Thompson can can live as normal a life as he can for as long as he can. All right, we'll be back to wrap up the show in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter.com sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on because ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. 
And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. I wanted to talk a little bit more about some some comments Aaron Rodgers made about a highlight package that they were showed uh, about the new offense and the install. Apparently, Matt Lafleur was was showing some of these plays and and how they can create big opportunities for the offense. We don't have a ton of time to do that, so I, you know I can't expound on it in the same way that I that I wanted to. But it is interesting that they did it that way. And I think that's a cool thing to do as a a sort of proof of concept as if to say, hey, guys, look, these are the plays that we're running. And if you run them correctly, this is what they look like and this is what they can do for you. I think it's particularly a good way to manage Rodgers, who we know loves to take advantage of those big plays. He wants to create down the field. So if he knows every play is created with the idea that there is a shot play built in. And that that is consistently the the play that they want to try and make. That could be a good way to get Aaron Rodgers to buy into this offense early. Now he he, he couched it with reporters and he said, "Look, we know that that it's not going to happen every play, but we know that when we see it that way, and we see those big plays—the eighty-yarder to Julio Jones or the forty-yarder to Santana Moss or whatever it is—that if the if the plays are run correctly and they're executed and we have the right guys in the right places that this is what we can do. And he seemed, you know, he was excited about it. I think he was a little, you know, a little cynical about it as if to say, you know, look, everything looks good in a highlight. That's certainly true. Even bad offenses have some highlights. The Bills had highlights last year. They were a bad offense. That's not the same as saying he doesn't buy in. For me, it was more about the method and to say, look, this is the play that we're going to run and you're if you do it right if everyone does their job on this play it can be huge and i think it's more important that those plays because every play is designed to be a touchdown it's more important that you call the plays with the idea that every play is meant to be a touchdown i think mike mccarthy got too interested in trying to pick up 1 yard on third and 1 or trying to pick up 7 yards on second and 6 Rather than doing the Sean McVay or the Kyle Shanahan or the Josh McDaniels and say, no, I want all the yards, every play. Give me all the yards. That is that is what an offense that is run by Aaron Rodgers wants to do, and it's what an, an offense run by Aaron Rodgers should be. All right, we'll be back next week. Uh, four shows, and we're getting close. Closer, I guess. Not really close yet. Closer to training camp. Packers have a a final 90-man roster, and it's certainly not final because things can always change and things will continue to change. Uh, We're going to have our our annual Acme Packing Company series where we we rank the roster in terms of importance for this team and and quality and all those things. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I have to submit my rankings, and uh, that's always a a fun experience. There's always one or two guys, and I'm like, wait, who is that again? And maybe even more than one or two. Remember, you can subscribe to the show on on iTunes. You leave a review, a five-star review, rate us, 
all that good stuff. Subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, Himalaya, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers because we are the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. So let let, uh, other people know by posting the show. Share it. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Let other people know that you're listening to Locked on Packers. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.